Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. All right, all right, all right. Sub 30, how you guys doing? You guys doing good? All right, that was weak. Sub 30, you guys doing good? All right. I got a couple of things I want to address really quick before we get into tonight's message. First thing, can we put our hands together for my man Steven for that great three minutes of five? You got to put a little lean into it when you say it. Otherwise, it sounds real corny. You can't say fire. It's fire. Good job, man. And you're right. I was watching you that night, and I was judging you. And I did pray earlier that, God, I don't think he's a good fit. But because you explained everything, I'm going to go ahead and, like, you know, let God know it's okay. Hope I don't die before I make the prayer. Um, <laughs> so, okay. And the other thing I want to emphasize uh, real quick, just to kind of echo what, what, what Pastor Kelly was saying about riot night this upcoming Wednesday, next Wednesday. Sub 30, I need you guys here. Here's, here's what I want you guys to recognize the, the level of your influence really means. Whenever a, a high schooler, they're always looking up to the, next, to the next step because that's obviously the place that they think they want to go. That's the place that they feel that they can connect to. So when they can see radical sub 30 audiences saying it's okay to worship God, it's okay to put God first, what you do is you activate something inside of them, allowing them to know that I can be a person who's on fire for God where I'm at, knowing that I will be a catalyst that will connect to where I'm going. You guys have a significant part. Your worship is a testimony that ignites a passion inside of our students, and I need you guys here next Wednesday. You're like, man, I don't even know, like, if I can really serve if I'm adequate, man. You don't even know my background. I don't need to know it. If you can just raise your hands like this and say, thank you, Jesus, you don't know what that's doing for a high school student. So I need you guys here um, next Wednesday. We have Chris Durso from New York. He's going to absolutely kill it. We got you. We want you guys in the building to set it up. So that's the other thing I want to address. And then lastly, I have the profound privilege tonight of introducing tonight's communicator, tonight's preacher, tonight's profound muscle-bound man of God. Okay. Now you may know him by his, by his Instagram handle lava sauce that may what you that may be what you know him as but i know him as the viking because i always make associations with people i'm like man he looks like a viking and so it just it makes sense to me so from going forward you guys can call him pastor viking it's okay i approved it it's okay it's all good but here's what i want you guys to know about what i want you guys to know about pastor tyler I've, I've literally seen him grow up spiritually. I've seen him when he basically first came into the church doors and, and as he asked questions and as he continued to walk this thing out. I've seen him go on mission strips and come back radically changed. I've seen him continue to pursue God. And now I see him stepping into this new season and I couldn't be more proud and sub 30 you guys wouldn't be more blessed having a more profound leader. So could you guys, for Pastor Tyler, stand on your feet, give honor where honor is due and put your hands together for Pastor Tyler, lava sauce. Sub 30, how we doing? Yeah. Keep it going for Jesus. Yeah. He's way more important than I'll ever be. You guys can go ahead and take your seats. Thank you so much, Pastor Keith, for that, for that awesome introduction. That adds like, that's like, I'm now like probably at like eight different nicknames in the last like four weeks since I've assumed the new, uh, one of the new sub-30 pastor roles. So Pastor Viking, add that to the list and uh, I'll just start hashtagging it on my social media. So how are we doing tonight, sub-30? Everybody doing good? We're gonna have to wake up tonight. I need you to preach back to me tonight. How are we doing tonight, sub-30? We doing good? Awesome, awesome. But hey, go ahead and help me welcome everybody joining us online tonight. Put a hand together for everybody joining us online. Welcome. We're so glad that you are here. 
with us online tonight. Who's got their Bible in church tonight? Anybody got a Bible? Paper? Oh, I see a few paper Bibles out there. Okay, I like it. I like it. a few phone screens, you know, it's not a Coldplay concert, but hey, it's okay. Um, so hey, before we get into the Word, by the way, we're going to be going to, uh, to Luke chapter 11. That's where we're going to be um, at for our primary scripture. We'll get there in just a few minutes. But before I uh, jump into the scripture tonight, I just want to uh, honor a couple of different people tonight. And so uh, thankfully, I'm just so grateful and blessed to have uh, some of my family up here on the front row here supporting me tonight. Go ahead. Yes. Give it up for my family. Um, Coincidentally enough, tonight is actually my mom's birthday. My beautiful mom. Mom, raise your hand. Say, hey, yeah, that's my, that's my mom. My mom's, this, this, that's Cindy, that's my mom's name. And so I don't think that she's ever had a crowd of about like 700 people sing happy birthday to her, but we're gonna make that dream come true right here tonight. And so on the count of three, I need you to help me serenade my beautiful mother in a happy birthday song. Again, her name is Cindy in three, two, one. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Cindy. Happy birthday to you. Woo! Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. That was amazing. That went even better than I thought it would. I, oh, jeez. Touche, touche. Touche. I have to get her a present now. That wasn't good enough. Um, it's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that part out. <laughs> love you, Mama. Thank you for being here. Another person that I love so much with all my heart, my beautiful fiance, Jessica, is up here on the front row. Yes. Babe, raise your hand to everybody so they know who you are. Yes. She's mine. We're getting married in 15 days. Yes. I'm like, She's stressing out more than I am, but I'm like getting there, like freaking out a little bit, but it's okay. I'm excited. October the 6th, it's going to be amazing. I'm excited to marry you, babe. Um, but anyways, let's go ahead and jump into the word tonight. Again, we are in Luke chapter uh, 11, and uh, before we uh, start reading the scriptures, provide some quick context leading up to Luke chapter 11. We start in verse 37. So leading up to this uh, particular point in the text, you know, Jesus, he's, he's here in the thick of his ministry. He's been traveling around with his disciples and healing people and teaching people through parables and, and, and making life change happen in the people, each and every person that he comes in contact with. And, and all along the way, you have this group of, of guys who, who are just keeping tabs on him, who are following him. Uh, we, the, you see them in the Bible as, as the Pharisees and, and the teachers of the law. They're always on Jesus' back. They're always following his Instagram feed. And just uh, anytime they get a chance, they're hating on Jesus. I call, them the, I call them the AKA Jesus haters. I literally have that in my notes. AKA Jesus haters uh, are the Pharisees. So that's who these guys are. Um, and anytime Jesus goes to a, to a certain city or, or, or town and he's, he's, he's teaching a parables or he heals somebody, they're always looking to call him out based off of their, uh, their mindset of, of, of the old covenant ways of religion. And, um, and, and so along the way, he, he's just being hated on by the Pharisees. And every now and then he'll come to blows with them and be like, listen, and he'll just drop some wisdom on him, like it's some mic drop wisdom and, uh, and be on his way, man. They, these guys followed him. Like, like it's like your worst social media stalker that you have. Like you always have that person who's just trolling on your Facebook feed or your Instagram feed. And anytime they get a chance, they just drop like a little comment on you and see what you're going to say back. Um, and, and, and they're like, oh, well, I'm going to delete you off. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I don't care. I don't want you on my feed anyways. You know, it's not a big deal. And so that's kind of these guys 
guys were to Jesus, you know? So uh, they followed him around. And, and here, when we get into, as we get into to verse 37, Jesus had actually just finished teaching in front of a large crowd uh, of people. And uh, this is where we pick up in verse 37, I believe. If you don't have your Bible, we're going to have it on the screens or the side screens, either one. It says, when Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. Verse 38, but the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal. Then the Lord said to him, now then, you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, everybody say foolish people. Yeah, you foolish people, you foolish haters. Did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now, as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor and everything will be clean for you. Verse 42, we're almost there. Woe to you Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Woe to you Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, because you are like unmarked graves which people walk over without knowing it. One of the experts in the law answered to him, teacher, when you say these things, you insult us also. 46, this is where we'll, we'll wrap up this part of scripture. It says, and you experts in law, woe to you, because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry, and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them crazy stuff. And so, and so as we can see here in this text, man, like Jesus just wasn't playing around with these guys anymore. He like, he like let them have it. You know, he's, he was tired of them just nitpicking and calling out these, 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 these meaningless, just religious ideas and, and different things like that. And so Jesus calls him out. It's like, look, this isn't the calling of God on your life. This isn't how God has called us to live. This is the new covenant. This is the new age. The veil is going to be torn and newness is on the way. These, this mindset, this religious mindset of the old covenant that you're stuck in is no longer the way of life. There's no longer the way, no longer the way that God has called us to live, and so and so, you have Jesus who spent his ministries on on earth, going around healing people and and and, and, and preaching the gospel to people of the good news, the new covenant, and, and and all along these Pharisees are just breathing down his neck, holding on to these old covenant ways of living, and and and, and these are the same ways that God Himself abolished once Jesus died on the cross for our sins. These these, these ways were were in the past. We're on to the new covenant, and, 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 and so it just got to the point we could see in the scripture that Jesus was just sick of, of all their self-righteousness, of all their hate, of all their greed, and he let them have it here in this scripture, and, and, and I think we could see that Jesus was speaking pretty powerfully to this. He was, he was passionate about this, and, and, and so Jesus knew. He had to let them know that their systematic ways weren't going to fly anymore. Their systematic, over-religious ways of portraying God's kingdom were, were, were not through a filter of godly religion. And so, and so sub-30 tonight, you know, I, I want to preach a message to you uh, that I have entitled Bad Religion. Bad Religion. Um, so so I, I felt this word because I just feel like there's some people in here that's going to speak to you tonight. I feel like there might be some people in here who may or may not have been offended or, or have some past hurts or, or have been spoken down to or have been, who have felt condemned, who have felt judged by maybe another church leader or pastors or, 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 or Christians in general. 
And I, and, and I feel like there's just some people in here that this can speak to tonight. And, and, and my, my prayer and my hope is that people find, find some healing tonight from those past wounds and past hurt. And my, 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 my prayer tonight is that people find some freedom from any bitterness that they may hold towards Christianity. My prayer tonight is that people find freedom from any, any negative thoughts that they might have about God and God's nature. Because nine times out of 10, that experience that you had, it wasn't a biblical experience. It was somebody living in, in, in their religious ways, in, the, in, their, in their worldly religious ways, and they, and they spoke death into your life instead of life into your life. And, and, so, and so tonight, we're, we're going to jump into this, and, 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 I, and I pray that God just changes the lives of some people in here tonight. I pray that God frees up some people in here tonight. And I pray that, um, man, just through this message, God just speaks to some people. I, I, want, I want people to know that, that, that not only is there freedom from, from those things, but, man, the grace. I want people, I want everybody in here tonight to, to know that, the, that God's amazing grace, man, covers your life. The, the, the love that Jesus has for you supersedes any, any, any sin that you might, have, you might be in now, any sin that you, you've done in the past, any sin you're gonna do in the future, his love supersedes that. And so I hope that that can be the picture that's painted tonight. Now just join me in prayer. We're gonna ask God to speak and just do what only he can do tonight. So Father God, right now, God, first and foremost, I just thank you so much, Lord, for this privilege to stand up here on this platform, God that you've entrusted me, God, with this stage to, to, to speak the word that you've placed on my heart, God. And I just pray, pray that you do, do just that, God. I, I remove myself from the equation, God, and ask you to step in and speak through me, God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Father God. I pray for softened hearts in this house tonight, Father God. I pray that people will become freed up, God. I pray that people will get a new revelation of your love and your grace, God, and, and, and realize the difference between a godly religion and a worldly religion, God. Right now, we just declare all these things in your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys ready? All right. Awesome. So originally, I, I had this, this original other thought for, for this message tonight. As I was originally thinking through what it was I was going to speak about and, and, uh, and, and preach about tonight, you know, I, I had a different title for the message. Uh, it wasn't bad religion. It was actually uh, relationship versus religion. That was my original title. That was my uh, original plan. Uh, notice I said my original plan, not God's original plan. Um, and so I, as I began to kind of study and, and really pray through and, and, and read some stuff, you know, I came across this article um, that, that, that kind of dealt with the topic of relationship versus religion. And after reading this article, I, I got a lot of really good insight. And I believe God used that article to kind of check my spirit and be like, look, you need to go down this path instead of this path. Um, and so basically... I changed directions of the message because I realized that if I were to get up here and preach a message on relationship versus religion, then I would then be preaching against the, 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 complete, the idea of religion as a whole, which necessarily that's not, that's not biblically accurate because the idea of religion, the concept of religion is from God himself. The difference comes in and the difference that we need to know about tonight is that there's a godly religion that God has spoken to existence, that God has for us to live our lives by. But then you have this worldly religion, you have this false religion that man has thought up and that man has taken scriptures and skewed them and broken them into different pieces and, and used them to speak lies into people's lives and make them feel judged and condemned and convicted. And that is the, that is the, the religion that, that, that I, wanna, I wanna warn us of tonight. That is the religion that I want us to, to have our eyes open to tonight and also the same goes for the godly religion. I, mean, I want us to know what religion it is that, that God wants us to live our lives by. And, and 
And so instead of relationship versus religion, I, I chose this title, Bad Religion, because this religion that we're going to be talking about is, is a bad religion. It's, it's just a bad way of thinking about religion. It's a bad way of acting religious whenever calling yourself a Christian. And, um, and so, uh, we, we, so we have these, these two ideas uh, of religion tonight. So, so on this end of the spectrum, we have, we have our, our, uh, our godly religion. We have, we have a godly religion, which, is, which is, is from the very nature of God. It's uh, from God's heart. He speaks it in, in scripture. And we see a perfect example of, uh, of what true religion is in, uh, in James Chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, we read, it says, Those who consider themselves religious and, do not yet, and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. 27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows, the lost, in their distress, times of need, where they need help, and they need guidance, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world, living a life that glorifies God, living a life that is not of the world, but is of God's will for your life. And, 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 I, and I, I thought through the scripture, and it really just, just two things popped up in my head, man, love God and love people. Help the lost, guide them through, help them to, to, lead, in, to lead a God-first life and, and, and know what a relationship with Christ looks like, but at the same time, make sure, you, make sure you're on the right path yourself. Turn it away from the ways of the world, from the pollution of the world. Love God, love people. That's the religion that God, our Father, the creator of the universe, accepts as pure and faultless. But then we have, we have this other idea of religion, which, which doesn't represent God's nature or the message of the gospel whatsoever. And, and I have a few thoughts regarding this. You know, false religion is, is what uh, it's, it's, it's been deemed, which is it's, it's centered around the ideology of man. It, 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 it serves man's agenda. And it's, and it's oftentimes rooted out of a, a, a skewed perception of, of the scriptures and it's rooted in a skewed perception of the nature of God himself. Men take these thoughts from the Bible and they, and they pick them apart and, 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 and they speak, again, judgment and negativity and hate and, sometimes, and condemnation over, over people's lives. And it's this false religion that, that, that I believe it's this type of religion that, that, that destroys relationships. It's this type of religion that offends people. It's this type of religion that causes people to, to turn away from God. It's this type of religion that causes people to turn away from the idea of ever stepping foot through the doors of a church. It's this type of religion, if we're honest, that gives Christianity a bad name sometimes. Because I, I haven't been... I haven't been in ministry, you know, for too long. I've been involved in Celebration Church and I went through the college and, and now, you know, here I am on, on staff and everything. It's been like four or five years. And, and, and as I've kind of grown in my knowledge of God and my knowledge of the, of the word, uh, little by little, and I've experienced God's grace in my life. I've experienced good things. I've been through the bad times as well. And, and, and I, but, but it all boils down to, man, God's grace is so good. And I would ask myself sometimes like, man, why wouldn't everybody want to experience this? Why wouldn't everybody want to experience a life surrendered to God, a life that is, that is just, just fulfilled by, by the calling of God, the love of Jesus, all these different things. Why wouldn't everybody want some of this? Because it's just so good. It, it doesn't even compare to the old life that I used to live. And we won't even go there tonight. Um, these guys know. Uh, <laughs> and, 
And, and so I would think through, and then, and then I get like on, on social media and, and see these news headlines regarding churches and Christians and, and these different things, and, and then I can answer the question for myself. And Christians are the reason that people are interested in Christianity or interested in God or interested in church. If we're honest, Christians are a lot of the times the reason for that. Man, I, 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 we all remember the, the Orlando attacks um, that just happened recently and, and, um, and, and the devastation that those brought and everything. And, and, and as I was, after that, you know, everything happened and the, you start seeing all these news articles online and um, you start seeing people comment and their thoughts and, and their opinions and everything like that. You know, you, you, I was reading through some comment threads and, 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 I'm, and I'm reading through these certain things and there's like leaders of churches and pastors and, and people who call themselves Christians commenting stuff on, on these posts, these threads of, of, this, of this terrorist attacks in Orlando. And, and they're saying things like, Oh, that was God's way of punishing them because they're homosexual. Oh, they deserve what they had coming to them because they decided to be homosexual. And I'm sitting there and I'm reading these things and I'm like, is this like, is this what we're representing as Christians? Is this what, is this what we're spewing into the world? Is this what we believers of the word of God are telling people is the truth? And I, and I was just dumbfounded that somebody who calls himself a pastor or a Christian could even sit behind a keyboard and say that those people deserve to die because they're homosexual. And, and, and just for the record, if you're not aware, that is, the, that is the furthest thing from the truth tonight, Sub 30. Those people were loved by God. Those people had a calling on their life despite the sin. And the same goes for each and every one of us. The Bible says that no sin is greater than another sin. And so for that to be spewed out, especially with biblical verses behind it, man, we have to get better at that. And I'm not saying that anybody in this room is guilty of it, but we have all seen it. But just know that that's not the nature of the God we serve. We don't serve a hateful God. We don't serve a vengeful God. We serve a loving God. We serve a righteous God who desires to see us live a life that glorifies him. But he would never send a terrorist into a nightclub and just mow people down because they're homosexual. It's, it's, it's things like this that just give Christians such a bad name. People hate the church because of people like that. And, and, so, and so what, I, I, I just can't wrap my head around why it's possible, man. In, in, the time, in this time that this country is in right now, I just, I really think that we need more Christians to step up to the plate and to take off, of, take off hate and put on God's grace. Take off hate and put on God's love. Take off hate and put on truth and righteousness and all these different things, man. Imagine the difference that this room right here at Sub 30 can make. Can we just be the difference in this community? Can we be the Christians that step up to the plate and represent what God's kingdom is all about? Can we be the Christians who speak truth and love and who desire to see people's lives change for the kingdom instead of telling people what's wrong with their lives, instead of telling people you have to stop sinning, instead of telling people that they're going to hell for their sin because chances are you're sinning in some area of your life too. Does that mean you're going to hell as well? It's the, it's the truth. We have to be better at this. We have to put on grace. We have to put on love. We have to lead the way, Sub 30. We can, we can make a difference just with the amount of people in this room if we all just went out and shared the gospel with people, man. If everybody brought one person to church in this room to come hear a grace-filled message, to come hear a truth-filled message, man, we'd be doubled in size right now. And then they go and reciprocate the same thing. 
And then soon before you know it, man, we have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people hearing the gospel. Their lives are getting changed because they're hearing biblical truths preached. Instead of seeing things through a social media screen, instead of seeing things through a news account, instead of seeing all these things that don't represent God at all. I mean, God never intended the idea of religion to be the driving force of so much hate in our world. Man made it that way. God never intended that to happen. And us, us in our humanly nature, I say us collectively as the humankind, decided to put different angles and different rules and different, you know, whatever it is on, on, on this idea of religion and, and just skew it for, all, for, for everybody else. Man, it's amazing to me that these church leaders and pastors and, 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 and everybody use the Bible, man, so incorrectly. The power that's in these pages is, is, is unfathomable. And, and, the, and the, the fact that some of these church leaders and, and pastors and Christians, man, use these, this Bible, man, so inaccurately, it, it's, it's, it's the reason why we have to be so careful as to who we receive certain things from. We have to be so careful as to who we allow to speak into our lives. Because the fact of the matter is, though somebody may seem like they know what they're talking about, though somebody may sound like they know what they're talking about, when somebody's operating through a filter of, of, of bad religion, when somebody's operating through a filter of worldly man-made religion, they're on their own agenda. And how many of you know tonight that, that nine times out of 10, man's agenda doesn't really equal up with God's agenda or God's will or God's plan. And so we have to be careful who we receive things from. We have to have discernment. Each and every one of us, we have to have discernment. We have to be led by the spirit in those moments and know Okay, this is, this is a message from God. This is a truth from God. Because if we're not careful, man, people speak hate into our lives. People speak death and, and plant seeds of destruction in our life if we're not careful. And we see a perfect example or a perfect warning, if you will, in, uh, in, in Colossians 2, ch uh, chapter 2, verse 8. Paul specifically warns us of this. See, it, says to, it says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. Which demands, which, which depends, sorry, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. I mean, it's right there. We have to be like, like this is how men operate through this filter a lot of the time. And it's not led by the Holy Spirit. It says right here, it's led by the elemental spiritual forces of this world. How many of you know the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy? He uses people to do that. And, and, and on top of having discernment, we have to know the word. We have to be reading this. We have to be studying this. We have to know the scriptures. We have to know the context of the scriptures. Because, again, like the discernment, somebody's going to come along and they're going to sound like they know what they're talking about because they're reading scriptures out of the Bible. So us just kind of walking along, oh, they're talking about the Bible. They're squeezing scriptures. Maybe that, it's got to be the truth. But, man, it's really easy for somebody to take some scriptures and just completely put them out of context. And when it comes to this book right here, context is everything. God has perfectly woven the scriptures in this book together, strategically, intentionally. And so the context behind these scriptures means everything. And we don't want to be the Christians that just go and pull a quick scripture and speak it over somebody's life whenever that's not really what it was meant to do. We have to know the word so we can not only speak life into other people's lives, but we can protect ourselves when people try to bring scriptures before us that are inaccurate. 
Let's, let's, for, for, for sake of an example, let's just, let's just use uh, an elephant in the room, the, the whole tattoo situation. Let's use it. I have tattoos and I have the microphone. <laughs> I haven't been struck down yet. It's amazing. I'm, I firmly believe that Celebration Church staff is one of the most tattooed church staffs in the world. And I love it. But nine times out of ten, some religious person operating in, in, in misconstrued text is going to come along and they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, you have tattoos. You're going to hell. Oh, my gosh, you have tattoos. God can't love you the same because you have this marks all over your body. Well, what do you mean? How is that even, how can you say that's truth? Oh, don't let, I'll show you. And what they're going to do, this is exactly what they're doing. They're going to grab their Bible. There's probably some dust that's going to fall out of the pages of the Bible while they're at it. They're going to open up their Bible to Leviticus, the 19th chapter. And after that, they're going to scroll their little finger on down to verse 28. And it's going to read, you shall not make cuts, any cuts in your body for the dead, nor make any tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord, period. They're going to close their Bible. They'll be like, oh, look, see, it's in the Bible. It must be true. God hates tattoos. Okay, well, first and foremost, what this person has just committed is called eisegesis. If you have ever taken a Bible study class or a hermeneutics class or a theology class, you know that eisegesis is the definition that they're going to pop up on the screen, hopefully, if they have it. There it is. The interpretation of a text as of the Bible by reading into it one's own ideas. Not God's own ideas, one's own ideas, man's own ideas. So people are going to go around and Bible thump and pull scriptures like that and say that your tattoos are of the devil because it says it in the Bible in one sentence. But lo and behold, if we read the surrounding scriptures, the book of Leviticus during the time of Levitical law was Moses, was God speaking through Moses to the children of Israel, to the people of Israel, because they were such, they were entrapped in such paganistic and ritualistic ways. And he starts speaking all of these laws and, 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 and they were marking their bodies for the dead and worshiping the dead and all these different things. And all we have to do is, is, is read the scriptures, sub 30. And the whole, the whole chapter has a bunch of laws, but I just have, uh, I, I, I put verses 26 through 30 here in my notes. So we'll just read it in, in 26. It says, do not eat any meat with the blood still in it. Do not practice divination or seek omens. Do not cut the hair at the sides of your head or clip off the edges of your beard. Do not cut your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. Verse 29, do not degrade your daughter by making her a prostitute or the land will turn to prostitution and be filled with wickedness. Verse 30, observe my Sabbath and have reverence for my sanctuary. I am the Lord. And so we see all these different laws. It's not just tattoos. So if we're going to be legalistic and, 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 and religious about these certain things, if I'm going to hell because I have tattoos, then do not eat any meat with the blood still in it. Well, I guess when we go to Longhorn Steakhouse at Ruth's Chris, we're going to have some crispy old dried out steaks that don't have any blood in them because it's in the Bible, right? Because it's in Leviticus or, or, or for the hair for that matter. If this was the biblical truth, we would all have hair down to the ground right now walking around looking like the thing from Adam's family. Guys, we would have giant beards on our faces, which I am okay with, but still, everybody would have beards, maybe even some women, you never know. The, the point that I'm trying to make here is that we have to be educated in God's word. We have to be careful of false teachings. We have to be careful of men in their religious ways 
and start putting on and studying God's religious ways. It's how we're gonna walk through our, our relationships with God successfully and experience his fullness. And so we see, again, we have these two completely different ideas of religion, the godly religion from God's nature, that James chapter one religion, love God, love people, like I was saying. And then we have this, this, this idea of bad religion, this man-made, focused on man's agenda, focused on man's interpretation, wrong interpretation. And, and while this idea of bad religion is, is very real and unfortunately so prevalent in, in so many churches today, I'm, I, I kind of love the fact that it's rooted in man's agenda. And, and, and the reason I say that, I love the fact that, that bad religion is rooted in man's agenda because the truth that I know tonight is that no matter what agenda man formulates, it will never supersede the power of God's will for our life or God's plan for our life. Man can have any agenda that he wants, but I know that my God has a greater plan. I know that my God has a higher calling for my life. I know that no man's agenda is ever going to trump the plan that God has for my life, the plan that God has for each and every one of your lives. So man can have his own agenda, but let's be, let's be, let's, let's be believers, let's be Christians that, that, tend, that, that, that decide to, to look away from that, from that idea of bad religion, that, to, to look away from man's agenda and look at God's agenda. What does God have for our lives? What does God want to do in our lives through the scripture? He focuses, the end of the day is, is that we, we see all this, all this hate and all this judgmental, you know, you, you have to dress this certain way to be accepted in our church. You can't wear a hat in church. You can't, you know, have tattoos, yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, but at the end of the day, man, God looks at the heart. God doesn't desire you to have some perfect outward appearance. He doesn't desire you to be some perfect Christian. The only perfect person to walk on the earth was Jesus himself. And if we accept that and get that in our spirit, man, and know that God looks at our heart, he looks inwardly, God looks inwardly and guides our lives through the power of his will. And we have to believe that. We have to begin to walk that out, man, and just and read these scriptures and, and learn and know that God, he looks on the inside. And if you're jotting down notes, I just have a few quick points before I begin to close, man. That leads to my first point. The first point, man, bad religion is outwardly focused. Godly religion is inwardly focused. You know, we see a perfect example of this in Scripture within the life of David. In uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, you know, God, I'll just paraphrase it real quick. God, uh, God sends Samuel to the house of Jesse, the prophet Samuel to the house of Jesse, uh, to anoint one of Jesse's sons as the next king of Israel. And, and so Samuel, you know, he, he has Jesse gather all his sons, and Jesse gathers all, all seven out of his eight sons. So there's one son left out. We all know who that, that one is. That was David out in the field, tending to the sheep. And so Samuel's passing over the different sons and, and he looks at one of the sons and he's like, oh, this must be the one that, you have cho that you've chosen. Just, just, just looking at his outward appearance, this must be the one. And God speaks to him, something so powerful in verse seven. And this goes for all of our lives in here tonight. Do not consider his appearance or his height for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord the Lord looks at the heart. And, and then we see what happens in David's life. You know, they, they, none of the sons were chosen, obviously. David's called in from the field. And, and, and by looking at David, obviously he would never be the one who's fit for a king. But God doesn't focus on that word appearance. He focuses on the heart. And so David was anointed king of Israel because of his heart, not because of how he looked. And that's the truth for everybody in here tonight, man. 
It doesn't matter what somebody spoke over your life. It doesn't matter what, what, what somebody has told you that you, you need to stop doing in order to receive God's love. And God focuses on your heart. He wants your heart. You know, you know it, it's, 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 the, it's the truth. He just wants a genuine relationship with you. You know, which leads me to my next point. Bad religion is systematic. Godly religion is relational. And I'm very thirsty. You know, God hasn't called us to jump through hoops or do these crazy, like, righteous tricks in order to be seen as perfect in his eyes, in order to please him. There's no special equation that we have to, to, to solve before we get to experience God's presence in our lives. It's just not true. It's not biblical truth. And, and I feel like there's some people in here tonight who are under the false impression that you have to do all this crazy stuff to please God, that you will never be good enough to please God, that you have so much guilt and shame in your life, you can never please God. You have so much sin in your life, you can never please God. Sub 30, that is a lie from the enemy. It's a lie from the devil, and God does not speak that over your life. God doesn't require us to, 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 to prove ourselves. God doesn't require us to, to do all of these works and these acts, man. God has no system or method or equation that can ever equate to how perfect he is in nature. We'll never be as perfect as God, but that's great news. That's the good news is, is, that, is that God is so perfect, we can never be that perfect, we never will be perfect, but God doesn't want us to be that perfect. He calls us to be obedient. He doesn't call us to be perfect. He calls us to have an obedient heart to him. And the great news is that there's nothing that you can do to merit a relationship with God. There's nothing you can do except make a decision. Which takes me to my third and final point. Bad religion says do. Godly religion says it's already done. Yeah, you can give a clap for that. That's good preaching. Man, this is such amazing news. We don't have to work for our salvation. We don't have to please God or, or, or become perfect to receive Jesus' love. That's amazing news. We don't, we don't have to be perfect before we can experience God's grace. I mean, God's grace has been there since the day that Jesus died on the cross with his arms stretched out wide and uttered the words, it is finished. Godly religion says it's already been done. Your sins past, present, and future have been covered. You're good. Our relationship with God our redemption isn't based off an act or a work. Our redemption is based on a decision. And the worship team, go ahead and come back out and join me. As I begin to close, man, I just, man, God's been stirring my heart about this. I really, it really, I really believe that. And I believe there's a people in here who need to make a decision tonight. One of two decisions. I believe that, that there's some people in here tonight that need to make the decision to come back home. I feel like there's some people who, who might have been offended by a previous church you've been to who might have been offended by somebody who, who says they're a Christian and just spoke seeds of, of death and, and turmoil into your life. Maybe you've been, maybe you've been offended and just pushed away from the idea of, of, of any longer having a relationship with God. And tonight you know that you have, there's a decision you need to make. You need, you need to, to get your mindset readjusted from this bad religion, this manly religion of the world and reshift your focus to to God's religion, to God's love, to God's grace for your life. It's a decision you gotta make. You know who you are in this room if God's speaking to you. 
And there's another group of people in this room who need to make a decision, man, to, to have that relationship in the first place. Maybe, maybe you've never even entertained the idea of having a relationship with Jesus Christ because this whole Christianity thing is, is too complicated. This whole Christianity thing doesn't make any sense. There's a bunch of hypocrites in the church. Yeah, you're right. We're, the church is made up of people. People are gonna be people. It's, it's, it's human nature. We were born into sin, but Jesus died on the cross for that sin. And the decision you make tonight can wipe yours clean, white as snow. And so right now, if you guys just wanna just, just bow your heads and close your eyes in this moment, and I just, I'm just gonna let God just kind of speak to you for a second. There's some people, I know there's some people in here. I mean, I, I felt it in my spirit during worship. I felt it in preparation for this message. There's people in here tonight who need to make a decision, put on godly religion, and take off bad religion. Just let God speak to you, man. Let God just speak to your spirit right now. And, and be bold in it, man. Own the decision. If God's speaking to you, it's still a small voice or, or just this reoccurring thought in your head, it's probably God telling you, hey, this is your time to make a decision. And so right now for that first group, that group that might need to come back home, that, that group that might have, have, might have a, a past hurt or a past wound inflicted by somebody within another church or inflicted by another Christian or, or whatever that looks like in the name of bad religion that pushed you away from God and pushed you back out into the world. There's some people in here tonight that make that decision right now. And I'm gonna ask, I'm not even gonna count, I'm gonna ask you right now, you just stick your hand boldly in the air and declare to God right now that God, I need to come home. God, I've been far from you. I've let this offense sit in my heart for way too long. And tonight I'm gonna take that off I'm gonna put on the religion that you've called me to live my life by through your grace and your love. Stick it high in the air. Don't be afraid. Be bold in it. Be bold in what God's speaking to your life right now, sub 30. And right now, for the second group of people, man, you need, you, you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. You've let the idea of Christianity scare you away from making that commitment. You've let, you let the idea of church scare you away from that opportunity. And I say opportunity because it's an opportunity for you to change your life forever. You wouldn't believe some of the stuff that I've gone through in my life, that I've done in my life. And a lot of religious people, worldly religious people, would probably never merit me the opportunity to stand on the stage based off some of those things. But you know what? I don't, I don't believe in that religion. I believe in the religion that my God has spoken to my life. I believe in the religion that my God has called me to live by. I believe in his grace and his love and I accepted that into my life and I try my best to walk in that every day just like you should tonight. And so right now in this moment, if you need a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you wanna declare him as your Lord and Savior, man, just stick your hand in the air. Be bold in it, sub 30. Don't be ashamed. It's not something to be ashamed of. He wants to change your life tonight. He wants you to come home. He wants you to, to live a life that glorifies Him. He wants you to share it with your school and your community and your family. God, right now, I just thank you so much for every hand that's lifted in this room, Father. And, and right now, if you lifted your hand, then, then I just wanna lead you in a prayer real quick. I wanna lead you in a prayer of salvation. And I want us to speak it boldly. I want us to speak it loudly and sub 30. Let's just say this together as a family in declaration of faith. 
believing that God's gonna break some change in here tonight and bring some people home. Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, say, Lord Jesus. Say it like me, Lord Jesus. You are my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again three days later. I ask that you take the sin of my life and wash it clean as snow. And I just pray right now, God, that you give me the strength to walk in the grace that you have placed in my life. Right now, I, I put you first in my life and I put my sinful ways behind me for good. Jesus, right now, we just declare freedom over the lives of the people in here right now. Jesus, I just pray, God, that you just speak to your hearts of your children, God. I pray right now, God, that you set people free, God. I pray right now, in Jesus' name, that people come home to receive your love, that people come home to receive the godly religion and take away that worldly religion, God, right now. Come on, stand up, stop starting to begin to worship over this place tonight. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.